This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket. Goldfinger. Brian Goldfinger. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors had a uh, more difficult than anticipated meeting with the Atlanta Hawks. I believe I called this a guaranteed win, and the Raptors did win, but uh, considering that they were 13.5 point favorites heading into this game, coming away with a 104-101 to victory is uh, not exactly what uh, we all anticipated, but this is a classic case of the Raptors playing down to their competition. Um, and the Hawks, you got to give them credit. They look surprisingly competent. Actually, they always look pretty competent when they give Jeremy Lin the ball, but you know, they got a, got a tank job basically to foster. So let's, let's talk about the Raptors first. So, you know, they didn't play up to their par by any means. You know, Atlanta was scorching offensively in the first half and the Raptors finally cooled them off in the third quarter by going to that zone defense. Now, this is not a surprise now. I think most teams should understand that the Raptors, when they get into trouble, will go to the zone defense, especially on a night where nothing else is really working. And, um, you know, it worked. It really worked. And this wasn't a case where Nick Nurse likes to shock teams by going zone for like three possessions and then backing off. Um, And that's worked to great success. But the Raptors were so successful with their zone today that Nick just stuck with the zone for like, I don't know, man, like 10 possessions like in a row or maybe not in a row, a couple possessions, maybe transition, but like for like a solid five, six minutes, they were just running zone. And, um, you know, I, I think will, the biggest benefit of that zone defense is not that like you can consistently play because this isn't college basketball. Like, you know, you might surprise a couple of these young guys and the Hawks have a lot of young guys like DeAndre Bembry. Trey Young, you know, John Collins, some guy named Daniel Hamilton. Is that even his name? I had no idea this guy existed. Yeah, Daniel Hamilton. He sounds like a president, but he's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, he sounds like a founding father, but he actually came in the game. was surprisingly effective. Although, well, he was a minus 18. Never mind. Okay, well, he had a couple of good plays. Uh, regardless. Um, you know, the Hawks have some young guys, and, like, they didn't really understand how to play against the zone, and they got taken by surprise. It happens. You know, even if some veterans don't come in and – don't outplay zone, but as soon as the Hawks put in some veterans, I think Vince came in. He got an open three from that. Um, you know, Jeremy came in. You know, Dwayne Dedman. Those guys knew how to beat the zone. And it's like, look, you're not going to be able to play zone consistently in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. But I think the great accomplishment of that zone was that it engaged the Raptors defensively because it felt like in the first half, a lot of the players approached the game thinking like, "Yo, this is a game where this is a trash team. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna get some extra numbers." make some highlights, you know, it looks good. And look, the Raptors have had a lot of highlights against the Hawks over the years, all right? Um, this is a team the Raptors consistently beat. Um, actually, this game reminded me a lot of a game they played last year. So I remember taking my little brother and cousin to the game over the Christmas break. 
um, where the Hawks were still playing shorter and Bud was still there. And it was a real ugly game. It came down to the end, too. It's kind of like this, right? And But I think the, the, the common theme was just like, you know, the Raptors, they looked at this game and they thought, I'm going to get my numbers. I'm going to get some highlights. And that just didn't work out. The individual selfish play uh, really wasn't working that well. And anytime the Raptors... Um, got into trouble they would throw these awful passes and it would lead to these runouts for the opponent where you know the Hawks would go the other way and and you know not necessarily score on transition because they only got eight fast break points but um, they were really able to just capitalize on mismatches and people weren't really defending their position and stuff like that so it's a whole thing it's a whole thing but playing zone really engages you defensively because you have so much more responsibility everyone needs to talk in a zone to make it work you know, you got to be able to switch. You got to be able to move your feet. You got to be smart. And I think that just got the Raptors more energized defensively. The Raptors gave up 60, uh, 62 points in the first half. No, I'm sorry. They, the, the Raptors gave up 57 points in the first half and only uh, 44 in the second half. And a lot of that came down to the third quarter where the Hawks only scored 20. Now, there's a lot of games where the Hawks only scored 20 in the third quarter, but in this game, the Hawks were really scorching the first half. So to you know, to even stop the pick and roll game for a little while was was um, a success. And you know, I thought at that point the Raptors going to run away with it, right? Like they had turned the game around, they took the lead finally in the third quarter. It was like, all right, cool, you know, go get this game. Not so much, not so much. It came down to the wire. Um, the Raptors were trailing. They got a layup from OG to bring it to within one, and then they just kept missing wide open shots Kyle Lowry had a wide wide open shot after quite created it for him and uh he hit I think the side of the rim and hard off the backboard it was uh really deflating to watch and then on the ensuing possession Kawhi gets a wide open mint jumper uh it was a three it was a corner three kind of a wing corner like right, right at the break area but like just as open as possible, and he breaks it, and it was, you know, his was like a closer brick, like it hits, you know, back iron, whatever, but still, regardless, wide open shot, and you're like, man, this might, this might be one of those games where you look back on, it, it's like, the hell are we doing, I can't believe we lost to the Hawks, um, but this is one of those rare instances where I've seen a game get uh, swung by a screen, and Kyle Lowry came up, Kyle Lowry and his giant booty came up with the game-winning screen, now, I've never seen that happen before, but, um, you know, the play starts with the Hawks. For some reason, DeAndre Bembry decides, I'm going to take on Kawhi Leonard, all right? DeAndre Bembry had 11 points on 5 of 13 shooting and with 7 turnovers. Like, bro, what are you doing? All right, but okay, fine. DeAndre Bembry decides, it's a late shot clock. I'm going to make something happen against Kawhi Leonard on the wing. Nope, Kawhi reaches across his body because his arms go on forever um, and pokes the ball away. And then goes the other way, pushes in transition. John Collins picks him up and tries to slow him down. And so he's focused on Kawhi and tracking him so he doesn't keep his head up. And that's where Kyle, as being the very smart man that he is, decides to just stop in the middle of the floor, like almost at, you know, the halfway line. Um, just stop and park his giant ass into John Collins. And Collins was basically knocked out cold. Um, he did not basically get back into the play for the rest of the possession. Kawhi brings the ball up in the front court. Um, the Raptors have a five-on-four. He swings it into the corner. OG sees this, immediately reverses the ball to Kawhi. Kawhi reverses the ball to Kyle, uh, and then Kyle dumps it down uh, into the dunker spot. Serge gets it, wide-open dunk, and the Raptors take the lead, and this is about, like, 17 seconds left. 
So that's like the game-winning screen. Because like really, the rest of the stuff, I mean, like Surge dunked it, whatever. But like anyone could have dunked it at that spot. Um, and, you know, the assist is whatever. The, re- the whole play really got created because Kyle found a good opportunity to knock out one of their guys. And it was a hard screen for sure, but it was a clean screen. Like completely. Uh, you know, it, obviously it's a tough physical game, but it is what it is, right? But um, Collins just didn't have his head up. And it's a rookie mistake. I mean, he's a sophomore. I actually really like him. He was really good in this game. 21 points, 14 rebounds, 8 of 11. He's been playing real well. His three-point shot is, you know, I- inconsistent. He shoots about 30%, but today he hit 3 of 3. So he's been great, but just a rookie mistake to not look up. And Kyle got him. And Kyle ends up getting the game-winning assist. And then going the other way, um, Nick Nurse makes a very smart decision to put Kawhi on Trey Young because anyone could have seen that Trey Young was going to get the ball, right? Trey Young is the guy that the Hawks invested so much into. They literally gave up Luka Doncic to go get Trey Young and then get another pick, and the Mavs pick is going to be like 10th or whatever. So, you know, great great job, Hawks, right? But, um, you know, they got a lot invested in Trey, and Trey's a good player. He had a good game, I thought, overall. Um, you know, 19 points on 8 of 20 shooting, which is actually kind of efficient for Trey. He's, you know, kind of a gunner right now, but... Very crafty, shifty, worked the Raptors a little bit in pick and roll. So, you know, you, you figure they're going to go to Trey. It's a big opportunity for him to grow. They gave the ball to him. Nick Nurse, knowing this, puts Kawhi on Trey Young. And so all of a sudden, the Hawks are like, ah, shit, what are we going to do? We we have Trey Young against Kawhi. Well, I, I guess we got to have Trey Young attack the basket and run the play still. It's like a pick and roll, or whatever. And Trey tries to drive. He gets to the rim, and Kawhi blocks him. And then the Raptors go the other way. Um, OG dunks the ball. Actually, he shouldn't have dunked it because he was so far ahead of the pack. He could have just held on the ball and let the game ex- clock expire and just take the guaranteed victory. Instead, he dunked the ball. There's a 0.7 seconds left. The ball got amounted to Vince. Vince was jumping up and down like a toddler needing to pee at like uh, you know a rest stop and an en route at uh, in, in Ontario, whatever. Um, and he gets the ball and then he ends up uh, throwing up a shot. And Kyle, being the smart veteran that he is, it was actually there to contest. Most times you wouldn't contest this shot because he's throwing it from, like, you know, half court. And it, I wouldn't say it was close to going in, but it did hit iron. And it was for a second, like, yo, could Vince's final game of Toronto really end with him sending the game to overtime on, like, a, you know, like a prayer? Like, this shit isn't a movie, right? But, um, no, it ends up rimming out. And the Raptors win. Kyle, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard gives a subtle... Tiger Woods fist pump uh, after the final buzzer sounded. That that was nice to see. Obviously, he contributed heavily to the win. He was your first star, really, I mean, on most games. But 31 points today, four rebounds, six assists, six steals, 11 of 18 shooting, three of six from deep, six of seven from the free throw line in 35 minutes, plus 10, a block as well, obviously, like as I just mentioned, and only one turnover, uh, which is notable because Raptors just kept turning the ball over today. It was wild, but... Uh, one more thing I wanted to say about Kawhi was that he had a really good connection with Pascal Sagan. By my count, he found him three times, um, twice on basically baseline cuts where Kawhi was going to keep his dribble alive, and then from the opposite corner, Siakam would creep in and either you know get to the dunker spot, wait for Kawhi to get in the ball, or on another case, he would just cut, and then Kawhi just found him with a nice pass. Um, and also a pick and roll feed where Kawhi, you know, you know, bounces it to uh, Pascal, who finishes at the rim, uh, and a transition feed as well. I mean, like it, it's a lot of good plays, and I, I like to see the chemistry between those two develop because obviously those two guys are going to be, um, you know, involved in most of the Raptors' biggest plays. I want to see all these guys develop chemistry. I want to see Kyle and uh, Kawhi develop chemistry. I think today they had a good understanding where they wanted one particular play, um, you know. Kawhi really wanted the ball in the post. Kyle posted him up twice 
delivered two passes. And I think that was actually the sequence where Kawhi dumped it off to Siakam cutting baseline uh, for the dunk right before the, the shot clock buzzer sounded. But um, Kawhi is showing more playmaking ability, which is great because he really needs to. Defenses are always going to key in on him. And the Raptors, you know, need to figure out ways to cut and get open around that. And also Kawhi needs to figure out where those cuts are and how to deliver them the ball. And, um, six assists today. Uh, yeah, I think he had a six assist effort against the, the Bucks as well. Like, I know this sounds modest, but like these modest gains are actually really important when you're thinking about the long-term viability of this team, because the more flexibility the Raptors have on offense, um, the better they're going to be in those tight moments where they're going to really need to dig deep for small things like Kawhi finding Pascal on a baseline cut. So good job by uh, Kawhi Leonard. Obviously the two game winning, uh, more game saving defensive plays. This is why you bring him in, man. I mean, he's, you know, he's literally a two-time defensive player of the year. So he gets the first star. Second star for me, I'm giving that to a guy I haven't mentioned yet, but OG Ananobi coming off the bench, 5 of 6 shooting, 2 of 2 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, which is actually nice because OG has really shot the free throw like he's Andre Drummond this year. He might need some of that. Uh, um, what was what was Drummond doing? Like, um uh, the, uh, the, vir- oh yeah, virtual reality. Yeah. Who was doing that for a while, which was, um, I mean, it, it sounds funny, but apparently it worked because Drummond's free throw shooting did improve, um, you know, from like 50, like, or from like 30 to like 50. So that's, that's something, but OG has really been shooting really poorly from the free throw line today. So, uh, in the season so far. So today him doing two for two is actually pretty significant. Um, shot the three confidently. And I just thought, you know, in a night where everyone else was, like, really slacking, OG actually came up and, like, gave a shit and played hard. And because of that, he got a chance to play with the starting unit. Also, part of the chance that he got to play with the starting unit is because Danny Green rested this game. Um, so, you know, some possessions late, you know, you wanted OG in there for his size and his defense. Um, but seriously, it's it's nice that OG still has some chemistry with the, uh, the starting unit. Um, obviously, you know, he got demoted this year and that's a lot of that's because Pascal's played so well. And obviously you get Kawhi and then you get Danny green. Um, and he shouldn't start over any of those guys, but I mean, you know, last year he played really well as a starter. I mean, his fifth option, but he, he served his role really well and, um, you know, he's had to adjust. And so his game has sort of fallen off a little bit because of that, but it's nice to see him have these performances. Obviously it's been inconsistent up and down for him this year. Today was one of his better performances, 14 points, two rebounds and assists, two steals, five of six in 28 minutes. Um, you know, I just thought overall he had a good game and, uh, just, you know, look, man, OGs, I know that some of the shine has come off OG, but you know, I, I still really believe in the kid and, uh, yeah, let's show him some love. Please let's show him some love. And then your third star, I'm giving that to Serge Ibaka. Uh, who had 13.6 rebounds, two steals, two blocks, five of 12 shooting, one of four from the three-point line. I didn't think he got great service in terms of his uh, pick and pops. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the passes were ahead of him or, he was, you know, they were kind of hitting him at awkward angles. He wasn't able to catch it cleanly. Maybe that's part on surge because he does kind of have brick hands sometimes. But, you know, defensively at the rim, he was very active. And, uh, again, the Raptors needed someone to play defense. So anybody who played defense tonight, I'm giving them credit. So those are your three stars. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, got to give that to my boy Jeremy Lin. Um, and no, it's not just because we're both Asian and that I called him my Beyonce at one point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 20 points, four rebounds, nine assists, uh, eight of ten shooting. He has some late turnovers. It is unfortunate. But in 35 minutes, eight of ten, pick and roll game with Jeremy Lin. was really solid. You could really see how – you know, a contending team could use a guy like Jeremy off the bench to create offense because he is so steady in the pick and roll. His mid-range game has really 
um, improved. I think um, all this time off because of injuries, you know, he's like shattered his, uh, I forget what part of his leg, but it's, it's just such a grueling recovery for him. And uh, I think just he's really learned how to slow down and sort of change his pace. And he's always good at going to the basket, but uh, the mid-range game, the pull-ups, stuff like that, I mean, he's good, man. He really is good. He's cooked the Raptors twice now. I think he had like 25, I think, against the Raptors. That was a blow-up, whatever, but... And that was in Atlanta, but you know you've seen Jeremy had some pretty had some pretty good moments against the Raptors, and today Jeremy was having these moments against the Raptors starting unit, which is not easy to score on. Um, you know, even when they don't try hard, they still have some tough defenders. So the Hawks organization, if you're listening to this, Travis Schlank, if you're listening to this, I know you fucked up on the Trey Young thing and uh, passing him a Luca, but uh, you know, please. Please free Jeremy, all right, because, uh, you know, he's gone through so much over his career. He wasn't – he didn't want to come to Atlanta. He got salary dumped there by the uh, by the Nets, and, you know, he's making $13.5 million this year. Um, you know, maybe do him a solid, and if he's not traded at the trade deadline, buy him out, let him latch on with a good team because, man, Jeremy's a good player. He's a good player, and uh, on the season, he's he's at – Shooting 49% from the field, 39% from three. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, his per 36s are real nice. 21 points, 4.5 rebounds, 6.7 assists, steal and a half. It's not bad. It's not bad. Someone can use that, you know. So, you know, let him go. But uh, the Raptors could use that, for example. You know, if we had him instead of uh, DeLon Wright, for example. I know DeLon's better defensively, for sure. But DeLon also is invisible half the time. More than half the time this season, so just something to consider. Anyway, in terms of the podcast, oh, yeah, in terms of Vince Carter, sorry, Vince Carter, this is his last uh, appearance to the uh, you know Air Canada Center, whatever you want to call this thing. Um, it wasn't very eventful. I think we've kind of like done so many of these. Like, man, Vince is so old; he's going to be retiring. Let's honor Vince. They've done it. Feel like every single year since like 2014, that 2014-15, that 20th anniversary season when they kept honoring every single person. Vince came back; it was a great moment. But yeah, I mean, he got a standing ovation today when he first checked in. He had a three. He got a huge cheer from the crowd for doing that, and it, it feels like. I mean, I saw that poll that Faisal put out. Um, I think there were some. Last I saw, there was like three thousand plus responses, and I think it was like eighty-seven percent fans do not hate Vince Carter. And obviously, there's a there's more than just do you not hate him or hate him because hate is a little bit too strong. There's obviously some gray area, and I think a lot of fans have made peace with the fact that Vince is a big part of the history, but they still don't like the way he carried himself, which is completely understandable. And that wouldn't be categorized as hate, but it doesn't obviously, you know, endear him either. But, you know, um, I think it's been clear that once Vince retires, you know, he's going to have a home here in Toronto. His mom was at the game. Obviously, his mom was a bit of a divisive character, you know, Uncle Dennis before Uncle Dennis the kind of shit. Um, and I think all this this stuff is ridiculous, man. I, mean, I don't think anyone looks out for their, you know, the players more than their family. So when fans like start demonizing the family, it's just such a dangerous road to go under, and it almost never works out for the fan base because it just alienates players. But um, because it's bullshit, really. But I mean, yeah, I mean Vince, you know, he's a legend. He's gonna retire. He's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. He's gonna do so in a Raptors uniform. That's gonna be the first player ever, and probably the first player in a very long time to do so, you know, until, you know, Kawhi resigns and wins a couple of championships. And yeah, okay, we'll, we'll celebrate Kawhi as a Raptor too. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think everything I need to be said about Vince has already been said. So, um, you know, it's always nice to, for him to come around, but, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, 
you know, if this is his last trip to the ACC, um, you know, you got to honor the man, man. He he really helped build this franchise. Now, he knocked it down a peg when he left, but he still really did help put the franchise on the map. And so, uh, you know, I think all Raptors fans owe, uh, you know, are, are need to be grateful for what Vince did. And I think that's how the arena reacted. A lot of people were really happy to see him. So, those for the podcast. I'll be back on Friday. Also, a bit of a late one. Score FC plays in the semifinals. No big deal. Um, so, it's probably going to come around midnight again. But um, I'll be back to recap the next game on Friday. Thank you.